0: With several decades of experience skiing in the Bozeman area, Cliff Montaigne shares local history of Nordic skiing and how cross-country skiing can build personal wellness in healthy communities.
1: Well, my father and mother were both skiers. My mother grew up in Laramie. With her father, she would take the train to Sun Valley and ski there in the late 30s and 40s. And she actually was, the, I guess, the Wyoming State downhill champion at one time. On I think on Snow King in Jackson Hole and my father it was in the mountain troops in World War II and so they skied there and that started the recent family skiing history. When we moved to Bozeman in 1957 when I was 10 the person that brought us here was Charles Bradley whose former house we now live in and Charles came from a family from Madison, Wisconsin of ski jumpers and cross-country skiers and uh, was also in the 10th division in World War II. And so there was a group of 10th division people here in Bozeman, including Gus Name, who started the Sports Chalet Ski Shop. And uh, there was a lot of, of mountain ski touring going on at that time. David Wessel was another architect at MSU who was part of that group. And so we remember a lot of Sundays putting climbers on our skis and going up into the high country. And for me, for some reason, I was quite interested in cross-country skiing and I broke my leg as a freshman in high school in an alpine race and so I sat that winter in my house and looked out to the east in what was Thompson's field now full of houses and watched the MSU ski team Nordic skiers skiing across the field and that looked pretty neat. We had at that time MS Montana had high school skiing, and so I was on the Bozeman Senior High School ski team and we didn't have a Nordic coach. And so we reached out to the Norwegian skiers and the American skiers who were with the MSU ski team. And they would some of them would get PE credit at MSU for helping us with ski technique and learning how to wax and and learn technique. So that got us started. And I was fortunate in as a senior in high school to to start skiing pretty well. And we I was able to go to Junior Nationals in 1965, leaving Bozeman on the train and stopping in Butte and Missoula to pick up more skiers from the Northern Division and going out to Portland and then taking the bus down to Bend, Oregon for Junior Nationals. I then, in 1960, MSU hosted the NCAA Ski Championships. My dad was a Dartmouth College graduate. And so he invited the Dartmouth ski team to our house for an evening and I got to meet the coach, Al Merrill, and some of the skiers, which was, again, a piece of enthusiasm. And also in uh, sometime at West Yellowstone was the tryouts for the U.S. Olympic biathlon team. So that was either for the 1960 or 64 team, probably the 64 team. And I remember my dad taking us up there and, and watching these biathletes ski a course in, at the base of, of Targhee Pass, just west of West Yellowstone. Adolf Peterson was a Norwegian who had a house here in Bozeman right where the old ski jump is near the library. And uh, that was really, again, another piece of encouragement and excitement. So I got to go to Dartmouth College after that and ski with the ski team there. It wasn't outstanding, but I worked at it and really enjoyed it and learned a lot, especially from the coach whom I had met here in Bozeman. coach's name is Al Merrill. When I graduated, my dad said, well, why don't you come back to Bozeman and, and uh, share your learnings with the Bozeman High School kids? So my wife and our young daughter came to Bozeman, and I became employed for a few hundred dollars by the Bridger Ski Club to help with the Bozeman Senior High School Ski Team. And in the fall of 69, we, my dad bought an Evinrude snowmobile used from, from uh, someone and built a track sled with plans from Alaska and I befriended one of the uh, audiovisual teachers at Bozeman, and he lent me in a big suitcase a video machine, and we started setting tracks at Lindley Park. We had the video machine so we could take videos, and that was pretty neat. We then would spend the ski season. I'd go out and find a new place in somebody's field up Kelly Canyon or at the base of Bridger or up Bear Canyon, and we'd set a track. Then we would take the kids of the high school ski team, and we'd Ski after school for a week or two in one place, then we go to another place. Also in the fall of 69, the U.S. ski team brought a jumping coach and a cross-country coach to Bozeman to uh, try and recruit skiers. And the cross-country coach was a person named Marty Hall, whom I had known from Dartmouth and my wife Joan had known. Joan was on the first U.S. women's ski team briefly in the 60s when women's competitive skiing started. Anyhow, Marty Hall, we asked some people at Bridger Mountain Lodge, which basically is now where Crosscut is, if we could ski there, and they said yes very nicely, and so we had a a little training camp there just before Thanksgiving of 69 with Bozeman skiers. And at the end of that, Marty Hall said, well, you've got some pretty good people. Why don't you bring them down to the U.S. Fall Ski Team Training Camp at Winter Park? And so a parent, Marcia Anderson, who recently passed away, led us her station wagon, and we took a load of kids down to Winter Park for the Thanksgiving week. And that started sort of in a way the tradition of having a, a ski get-together for people interested in competition during Thanksgiving week. Our program in Bozeman grew, and uh, we had kids who went on to higher levels. I was the coach, and then my brother Matt was the coach, and then John Mike Downey, who was one of our best skiers who missed the 1980 Olympic team by a 10th of a second, was the coach. At that point, I was the assistant to the chief of course at the 1980 Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, and that was a sort of a training time I then went on with some other people to become what they call technical delegates to help people organize ski races and be the the official there. There needed to be some decisions made in terms of weather or or other things that would come up. And so I sort of moved out of the coaching part and uh, became an official and got to travel all around the U.S. doing that for NCAA championships and junior nationals and other meets. Got to do that in Japan and uh, was a very rich piece. But I doing that all that travel, I missed skiing myself. So in ninety five, Frida Johnson and Mitzi Bowen and I got together and said, let's start a master's program. And we got Peter Hogue, who was then the MSU ski coach, to join us and we established a meeting twice a week during the week and maybe once on the weekend to to do intervals and things that we wouldn't do so much on our own for us it was really fun to have a group to train with together oh i also early on was asked by the northern division of the professional ski instructors to to get a nordic skiing instructor certification program going and so we went up to west yellowstone and uh, had the first certification training and, and test for ski instructors and and that has of course continued on with the professional ski instructors association and some of our own bozeman skiers went on to be on the what they call the psiA demonstration team and went all around the world Wayne Hansen in particular demonstrating and and uh, skiing at a, a very high level but for me I again decided I want to get back to be a skier not an official and we got that program going and my wife, and I've been very fortunate to be able to then go to quite a few of the so-called World Masters Ski Championships, which are held every year in one country or another. And we have continued to do that until this past spring when it was canceled, and this coming spring when it's canceled again, and hopefully it will continue on in the future. I guess the other part for me was that when Seth Bohart and his wife both passed away and the Bohart Land became up for auction, Gene McGinnis purchased it, and we helped Gene, the whole Bridger Nordic Ski Club helped Gene to make trails and lay out a lot of what is there today on the Bohart land, and my family was able to come in and help initiate the first so-called Crosscut Ranch, which was a year-round facility for skiing in the winter and for summer guests with horseback riding and pack trips and hiking and nature-based activities during the other seasons of the year. That venture failed in the mid-80s, and uh, the Crosscut Land went through a series of, of developers. And around 2016, maybe a bit earlier, Eric Love was with his kids and some other kids who talked the parents into trying biathlon. Gene McGinnis, during all these years, along with people like Stuart Jennings and Kerry Swenson, had been continuing to promote and encourage biathlon. And they had the range at Bohart, which is still there at Crosscut. At that point, it became evident to Eric Love that there was a chance to be able to potentially purchase both Bohart and the old Crosscut. That was done through the Bridger Biathlon Club, a nonprofit organization that then quickly transitioned into the Crosscut Mountain Sports Center. We, my wife and I got to know Eric and and we showed him pictures and pieces of the old Crosscut Ranch. And, and I was eventually invited to join the board and have really enjoyed the development of Crosscut to where it is today and, of course, where it might become in the future. I think that sums up my involvement in skiing, and it's been a a true joy.
0: Wow, yeah. How many years have you been involved in skiing in this community then? Well, since 1957. And then through through those years, uh, it sounds like there's been a pretty vibrant community this entire time. Would you say that, or is it something that just keeps growing?
1: I'd say it keeps growing. When I got started, it was the Bridger Ski Club. Eventually, that transitioned into the Bridger Ski Foundation. Now we have in Bozeman, especially after this past spring, when Crosscut stayed open and offered free skiing to everyone, there's a more and more people interested in the sport and also the the, light, the ski lifestyle that continues year-round. So I think... We would say that Bridger Ski Club and then VSF and now we have the Montana Endurance Academy and we have the biathlon and Paralympic and special cross country team at Crosscut. And we have the ongoing Bridger Ski Foundation activities that are led by Andrew Morehouse and also now by Andy Newell, who is a four or five time Olympian and is uh, really leading the way, in my opinion, in in the evolution of of ski coaching in the United States. But that also is coaching and encouragement for people who are just beginning and uh, are very new to the sport. And that's so wonderful to see that activity being open to so many people. In fact, one of the neat pieces right now is we're working with Crosscut on helping the Blackfeet Nation to establish a cross-country skiing facility near Browning. Oh, wow. And we're just uh, starting a fundraising campaign for that. Just another piece of, of sharing the wealth and encouraging people in other places to do this.
0: Well, oh, that's amazing. Using the knowledge that you've gained from helped helping to build this program and seeing how other communities can benefit from that.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, so what are you most excited about or and or apprehensive about with all the growth and development in, in Bozeman and in the, in the ski community in particular? It's
1: a challenge to see so many cars at parking lots year round in the mountains and to think about impacts on wilderness values and lifestyles and to encounter people probably from outside who, if you encounter people on the trail and they don't even look up and say hello you, that's not the Montana style. And so I think we we all need to work to encourage these new people to develop the Montana style that is to respect nature and to get along with nature and also to give nature room to operate. And uh, that comes around to some of the current wilderness issues and uh, the desire that I have to really get more wilderness that is for wildlife and not so much maybe for people. We have these opportunities to get more school kids going with skiing and get more people out of doors. And see that as one of the keys to, to the future, where hopefully humankind become can become more. More connected back with, <clears throat> with nature, and more respectful.
0: And how do you see skiing playing a role in that with individual and you know community development and fitness?
1: Well, it seems that lots of young people and older people who become engaged with skiing become reaware of their bodies and the proper diet and health and how to take care of themselves and hopefully that translates into to more respect for other people and awareness especially on the part of young people that older people might move more slowly and and need a little more room on a trail and that uh, it isn't always how hard and how fast one can go but Maybe how respectfully one can, can move and enjoy the, the activities of breathing and moving and seeing and smelling and tasting and, and talking and communicating with other people as well as with nature. So it becomes a very broad a practice. And it seems to me it's, it can be the practice of the Nordic ski lifestyle as an excuse to spend time in the off seasons doing outside things and then uh, enjoying the winter. And in the winter, you enjoy doing activities that prepare you to go canoeing in the summer and kayaking and biking. And so it all fits together, it seems to me. And uh, also, again, with more attention to local food and the chance that we have here in Montana to produce, instead of of some 40% of our food coming from outside, we, we could be producing 90% of our food within our state boundaries and, and all kinds of benefits that come from that, including just better health. And, and uh, we could be better skiers too.
0: Well, Grant, I really appreciate you taking some time and enjoy hearing your story and uh, in encouragement for um, you know, individual development and community development through Nordic skiing. So is there anything else you'd like to add at this point?
1: Oh, just when you mentioned community development, that it seems so important to for us in these times to focus within our community on what we can do that makes us happy and, and helps us communicate with our fellow community members. And um, I'm hoping that if we can develop those skills more clearly, that those will come back to the national and international levels as well, because we we certainly have a chance to to create and contribute to a better world. And skiing can be a big part of that, but it's not all of it by any means.
0: Excellent. Cliff Montaigne, thank you so much for being with us today. And I look forward to seeing you out on the ski trails. Thank yes. You. See you later.
1: <laughs> yes, I think uh, now the snow is up high, and it'll be coming
0: down, hopefully. So take care. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, thanks a lot, Cliff come back to thelastbestski.com for more interviews and the scoop on skiing in southwest Montana. Until next time, happy trails.